Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. How do we like our boxing? We like it influenced! <laughs> A plus, no notes. Just tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Five stars. Well done, Casey. Uh, hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? Hope you're you out know, there just having Paul, Paul versus day. Diaz would have fit the chant much easier, Casey. You know what? I'm just... You can't criticize perfection. <laughs> How dare you even try uh, hope everyone out there just really having the best day possible. My name is Sean Oshadi, and y'all, what a week. What a week. We're, we're going to get into all of it. This is the weekend preview show here on MMA Fight. We've got a little splash called Diaz, a little dash, UFC Nashville. As always, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Let's bring in the crew. He is the Prince of Positivity. Some call him the King of the North. He is Alexander K. Lee. What fight are you guys looking forward to more? Paul versus Diaz or Sanhagen versus Font? Vote in the poll now. Perfect. Wow. Not even <laughs> giving PFL or one the time of day. See how That's it fitting. is. I said what I said. You already heard from across from AK, the legal legal, the mouth from the south. He is your friend and mine. He is Jed Mishu. I don't course. think you can call me the legal eagle, Shaheen. I'm pretty sure that at this point I have no jurisdiction of any kind. Uh, you are the only way... one covering this circus with a law degree, so I'm calling you the legal eagle. I guess that's true. Really what have I done? What choices did I make in my life to be here? <laughs> you, you put in that degree to, to such good use. I, your parents are, are very proud of you right now. Uh, and of course... The most fearsome producer in the business, the undefeated EKC Layden. He is manning the boards. Fellas, let's dive into it. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one. AK, we got two events this week. They're basically going at the same time Saturday, so there's going to be a lot of two-screen watching. I'd imagine the MMA world. AK, when you look at what we got in front of us, UFC Nashville, not bad. Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, Tatiana Suarez, Jessica Andrade, and then the circus that we have seen out there in Dallas, Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. What's your rating for the weekend? What's the gymnastic score for this gruesome twosome that lies ahead for us? I get to put them together? 
Oh, it's the whole weekend, baby. Oh, nine, nine. This is a good. This is a good fight night card. Uh, I think top to bottom, I actually think it's pretty intriguing. I really like this card, uh, and I would have given it a high rating on its own. And then the the Paul Diaz uh, festivities put it just over that. Put it like on a paper. Put this weekend on like a pay per view level for me. Even though I, I, yeah, you said I'll be dual screening it, but depending on uh, how we divvy up the coverage on Saturday, not sure which I'll be focusing on more. So that kind of honestly takes away from it. I don't love having to dual screen things, uh, but that is the uh, media landscape that we live in today isn't it so I'll, I'll give it a, i'll give it a hard nine um and this is this is assuming people are we're talking about the whole the paul diaz cards as a whole because that's a good, not a bad main card either but i'm not sure if everyone's planning to watch the whole thing i don't know i imagine there's a lot of bouncing back and forth that we're gonna mm. see this weekend or at least again two screen in it eyes darting back and forth but fellas let's start with paul diaz because we have the whole crew out there this week uh we even have a rare third mma hour episode of the week hitting you on site from Ariel and the crew later today. It's after ceremonial wait. So tune in for that. Um, and Jed, I know you well, we've worked together for a long time. I know you love a good carnival. You're, you're not too good for absurd shit. Like you love a good circus fight. The circus didn't really feel like it had come to town for most of this week. It felt like, but then yesterday happened, whatever the hell that press conference was, you got brawls on stage. You got little wieners calling out Nate Diaz to his face. And if you listen to Mike Heck this morning, it seemed like all of this actually kind of started to piss off Nathan Diaz. Uh, And boy, it certainly feels like the circus is in town now. Jed, what do you make of what you've seen in Dallas this week? Uh, I don't know, man. It's been really weird. I was talking with, with Mike about this on BTL. Uh, I guess that came out yesterday. We were talking on Wednesday though. It hasn't felt like Nate has cared this whole time, which is just a very, very odd thing given that for the past two years, basically he had spent the entire time quietly feuding with the UFC and trying to get out of his contract more or less specifically to do this. And then this happens. He gets to fight Jake Paul. He gets to make all this money and he has not seemed all that geared towards this or or frankly interested. And now we've got this and he's starting to get like maybe a little bothered. I don't buy Jake Paul's nonsense about winning the mental battle or whatever. That's all nonsense. But it's just like what – I'm just not sure what Nate Diaz is is doing this for aside from the big bag of money. Obviously, there's a big bag of money. That's what he is really doing this for. But – it's just been a very weird thing and honestly it's made it it's a little less interesting to me right like you i'm not against a carnival but this hasn't really been the sort of carnival sideshow that i think we that i thought we would get i'm not particularly interested in this fight on the merits and we can get into that so it's just it's sort of depressed my interest in this event uh kind of full stop and then this feels like a last gasp of oh we're going to have our security team scuffle to try and make people interested. And it's feels like it's grasping at straws a little bit in that regard. So I don't know. It's been a really weird week. I don't know if I'm alone in that or not, though. That's an interesting perspective. AK, I'm curious if you agree, because I would think, I mean, it certainly was obvious to me, at least, that Jake was doing everything possible in the lead up to this to try to draw Nate out, right? To really get the the Connor version of Nate, the trash talking Nate, the Nate that's going to promote this fight. The version that I thought we were going to get. 
He's going to get a bunch of money like that. It seemed like that's what we would have coming into this. If it's not, if you told me two years ago, Nate's going to leave the UFC and be boring as sin in the build up to this fight. I'd be like, well, then why even do it? What do we care about? But we haven't gotten that version. I don't get it. I don't know if we had, we definitely got a Nate that seemed to not care to a certain extent of like, I'm just, whatever this is, is dumb and I'm not going to play it as I'm just going to take the money that they give me. I will say though, it seems like the last like 24 hours, you tell me if you disagree with me, AK, but it feels like, I don't know, man, Nate and his team don't seem happy with this situation. And there seems like there's real animosity to some degree now. Uh, I mean, yeah, listen, Mike Heck on site in Dallas told us this morning, like it feels very real. He's, he's got, he's, he's up front and center with it. He's, he's uh, seen it firsthand. He says it's very real. It's not, this is not a gimmick. They booked this fight, uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, because they wanted an opponent in Nate who is known for being legitimate, no BS, uh, tons of actual credibility, the kind of credibility you can only buy from a lifetime of fighting, from a lifetime of, again, quote unquote, keeping it real. Uh, I don't want to overuse that word, but, and now they're getting it. I mean, they're getting his genuine, honest reaction to these shenanigans and he is not having it. Uh, Casey and I were saying earlier in the weigh-in show that it's that Jake Paul took the right tact here from the moment this fight was booked and in, in realizing, okay, I, I'm the heel. I'm the bad guy here. The, the fight fans love Nate Diaz. They still, you know, they, they don't fully embrace me. Maybe they never will. So I'm going full heel. I'm going to insult Nate. And I'm going to kind of pick on him, but I'm, I'm going to take this weird Nate Diaz as a bully angle and hope people can kind of sink their teeth into that. We'll bring up all these examples from his past. Um, but none of that really landed. And again, Nate doesn't want to play ball. He just he just did a did a I know I, I know you are, but what am I response at the press conference to this whole you know brief spiel from <laughs> Jake Paul? He's just like, no, you're the bully, man. You're the bully. And that's it. No real elaboration. So you guys are, are totally correct. He's not playing along at all. I think for fans of Diaz, that's a good like that's what makes him so appealing and like why they are if they're interested in this fight why they're you know they're, they're only further cemented like yeah you know i'm definitely gonna check this out i'm glad nate's not playing along because that tells me that on saturday it's gonna be a real fight too you know if the build-up is real that means the fights that means the fight's gonna be real and i'm not saying i'm totally bonded to that but i'm i think i'm a little more invested in the fight uh from an action standpoint than most people i am intrigued i still the magic of influencer boxing is not quite worn off on me uh, the fact that Jake Paul did not look great magic. against <laughs> the, yeah, the magic, magic better way to describe it. Uh, the fact that he didn't look great against Tommy Fury actually makes me more interested because I'm like, oh wow, like he's we knew he was, wasn't that great, but now he's looked you know pretty mediocre in that in that fight against uh, Tommy Fury, and then that lost Tommy Fury, say. And then you have Nate Diaz, who's uh, usually a pretty fun guy to watch. So I, I, I'm, I'm listen, I, I'm the target audience for them. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah, sure, he can, he can be. He can be. He can't he can be. Uh I wouldn't call most of what's happened in the last four years of Nate's career particularly engaging to watch. I do just want to throw a very brief shout out, Casey. I just noticed it, but well done on that background for for AK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I see you. I see you, buddy. Some might say. He's got that dog in him. Jed, does any of this matter? Like, like for real, like, like this in, is a, in a cosmic, we're no, no. nihilistic, we're all dust that is transient no. and going to cease to exist soon. No, I'm being serious though. Like, like this is not a, this is a very dumb fight. I do not care to break down this fight on its technical merits or whatever. We can get into that a tiny bit if we want, but like on a grand scale stakes, all of this 
is there does this matter whatsoever to either guy oh god no um that has been one of the more interesting parts of fight week is watching the sort of preview shows and um many people coming out and being like all of the pressure is on nate diaz i'm like why (laughs) based on based on what what pressure is nate clearly isn't feeling any pressure because this is the end game the point was to get to this this is not a setup to things that are bigger or better this is the goal the target is saturday night and as long as he steps in that ring then and the the check's gonna clear after it and so there's no pressure on nate he has achieved what he wants and by a very similar metric this means almost nothing to jake paul is it better for both men if they win sure like it is always better to win than to lose but nothing happens to either dude with a loss here if nate gets knocked unconscious that is maybe the only truly bad outcome and that's still not even that bad because again as long as the check clears on monday it's all gravy if 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 jake wins whatever i don't he's gonna rematch tommy fury and if he loses he might still rematch tommy fury or he'll go box (laughs) ksi like the same outcomes are happening i argued on btl that there's even a world where losing to nate is better for him because it makes a matchup with conor mcgregor more compelling down the road which is the end point for jake jake's end game is clearly to box conor mcgregor for two million pay-per-view buys like that's clearly what we're working towards and no like if nate loses the ufc will still take him back they will not care if he wins maybe he can get slightly more money out of them but ultimately the ufc isn't going to change their financials majorly either way they'll still take nate back because they're dustin poirier and conor mcgregor fights to do with them so it doesn't matter in any regard like in in any regard both men are going to be perfectly (laughs) fine in literally every scenario out of this so long as they leave the ring with their health intact neither of them are negatively affected in any substantive way they are both rich they are both successful losing and winning means nothing in the term of sporting meritocracy so no there are no stakes other than pride and i'm not even sure that either man cares that much about that right now you gotta love it you gotta love it this is what we're dealing with here uh I mean, it, on its face, it is what it is, right? We've seen this story four different times before. Jake Paul versus the MMA guy. Hasn't gone well for MMA four times in a row. Like, MMA is learning some hard lessons here that being a world-class mixed martial artist does not mean that you are even a passable boxer against someone who commits themselves solely to boxing. We've seen this now. Certainly uh, not when you're old and smaller than the boxer you're facing. That is a valid point. I would say also you throw Nate up against Anderson Silva. Who are you favor? And I'm probably picking even at this age, Anderson Silva to beat Nate Diaz. So just by boxing math, MMA math, this feels like uh, uh, not as hard of a matchup as we have seen Jake take in the past. There is like the Diaz aura though. And I feel like that is what some people are clinging to this week. This idea that just magic things tend to happen around Nate to some degree, right? Like we've even seen it with a Leon Edwards type of fight where he loses the whole fight and then gets like one moment at the very end. And for the rest of the time, he can call call scoreboard and be like, ah, in a real in a real straight confrontation, like I had you. It was done. AK, what's the most fun outcome for this? Like, like paint the- me a picture. What is the, the most fun way that Saturday plays out? Answer. 
Well, someone said it this, I, I, I hate to keep bringing up this morning's Wayne show, but I do, I do want to give credit where so, someone in the comments said, uh, uh, Jake Paul wins by DQ after Nate Diaz sees that, uh, weasel troll who keeps asking questions at the press conference, press conferences in the audience. And they just leaves the ring and piece of crap out of them. So that would be hilarious. A little, a little sad for me. I don't necessarily want to see uh, Nate Diaz beat up some twerp, but, um, it would be fun. If we're talking pure hilarity, would that really be sad. Would that be honest? I, that really be I don't encourage violence. I don't encourage solving problems with violence. Uh, what if that violence has been like eagerly coaxed on to that man? As 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 NBA veteran Matt Barnes once said, uh, violence is never the answer, uh, but sometimes it is. So if you live by that those rules, then yes, uh, perhaps that is the only way to settle this situation, get this this uh, pest to go away. But uh, no, I think the mo- uh, that I think would be hilarious and funny. What would actually be fun? What actually fun is is man a, a Nate Diaz, not just to win, but it has to be like a classic, like classic Nate Diaz style victory. You know what I mean? Like where he, we're kind of counting him out the first couple of rounds, but he he come. Well, I shouldn't say he has, he's not that great at comebacks. So let, let me put it this way: instead of a classic, an unexpected Nate Diaz comeback victory, where he does go down, and we all we're all thinking, oh man, just this. This is what, exactly what we thought it was going to be, and either either Jake Paul is going to cruise through decision, or Jake Paul is going to knock him out. Uh, but instead, Nate Diaz battles back and, and wins a convincing decision. No controversy. Controversy can be fun. In this case, I don't want it to be fun. I want people to say, "Holy crap!" Nate Diaz just outboxed Jake Paul. Uh, where do we go from here? I don't know, but the Dallas crowd would love it. They've been with uh, on the. They've been part of the Nate Diaz army, or as I say, the Nate Diaz army seems to have occupied Dallas for much of this week. It would be uh, it would be a real moment, and I think it would help a little bit, guys, a little bit to watch the bitter taste of him um, outpointing Anderson Silva out of our collective mouths. What do you think, Jed? What's the most fun way that Saturday night plays out? So I'm going to have a different perspective on this than most people watching this program, I think. Um, I don't dislike Nate Diaz, but I dislike one aspect of his fight game uh, – more than almost anything else in in, in the sport. Uh, and it's not just him, but he is maybe the single biggest perpetrator of this particular offense. The I'm losing and don't have the tools to make this fight work well, so instead I'm going to taunt you and pretend like I'm doing something good when really I'm just making an ass of myself because I don't have the footwork to make you fight in the terms of engagement I would like. Uh, so I think it would be incredibly funny if he starts doing that to Jake Paul and then actually just gets clobbered, uh, because I've always wanted to see some, somebody do that because I think it's very funny. So, uh, that would be the most fun outcome because I'm not emotionally tied into this fight. I genuinely don't care who wins. So there is no like Nate's fighting for MMA for me. It's like, whatever, just get in there and scrap. It would also be pretty it'd be very textbook Diaz for Nate to lose most of the fight and knock Jake down in the 10th round and be like, ah, I would have won because you got tired and I don't ever actually lose fights. So I just, but it doesn't like what's going to happen is Nate is going to start losing because he is not as young, young as Jake is. And then he's going to start doing Diaz taunting stuff and still never find a way to hit him. And then he's just going to complain a bunch and the fight's over, and the Diaz army one, two, three, four, seven, or whatever, and people will delude themselves into thinking he won, and it's going to be awful. It's probably what's going to happen. 
really just you you're making me excited for this fight with, with these predictions jet it's um, not my job to promote this fight it's theirs <laughs> and they ain't done shit in that regard and that's not on me nate could pick up a mic and say something cooler than hey guys we're gonna do a fan q a instead of my open workout we'll see is the answer to every question uh, granted, a lot of the questions were crap. I'm not here to say that the fans in Dallas were were on their Grantland-esque questions or whatever. But still, every answer is like, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Great, man. I am stoked to spend $50 to watch you fight with this enthusiasm you're bringing to the game. Prince of negativity today. <laughs> You're just bringing the energy, my man. Jeez. He's, my, he's been consistent with this. He has been consistent. I respect look, it. I respect yeah. it. It's just like promote it. It's so weird to me. You spent two years trying to leave your contract to do this. And the minute you get it, you're just like, nah, whatever. <laughs> I, I guess well, I guess if it is genuinely just I knew there was a big bag of money and now I have the big bag of money and I don't care anything beyond it. I under like. That's fine. I understand it, but it's you could try a little harder, sell some more pay per views. You're getting a cut. You should be trying harder. Uh, the, the thing is, you're right. You're right. I do wonder if he already, like you said, he's kind of got an established bag. Like the bag is so good uh, that he's like, I, of course, he wants to make more money, but not to the point that he's willing to uh, put in effort or compromise his. I was gonna say beliefs, but I was gonna say more compromise his his personal approach to these to these types of things. So he's he's costing himself money. That is not well, a discussion, but dude, he probably I don't is think making he cares, enough. Though. Yeah. I really don't I think, think he's making he enough. Yeah, he's making enough that he can afford to just do this to take this week. I feel off like this is a guy who has done. Like a, like the Nate Diaz road is is very unique, right? Like just when it looks when you look at the history of mixed martial arts, this is someone who made virtually no money for the majority of his career, had like a once in a lifetime situation come up, completely took advantage of it, and then just re- propelled himself to superstardom in a way that we really don't see like grizzled veterans do late in their career. Like Jorge Masvidal is really the only other guy that did something like this. And ever since then, Nate Diaz has just been riding off of like massive paydays. And in, in what he said this week, when he was said less is more, like the idea of promotion that less is more, it's kind of been his thing since the Conor McGregor uh, series. And it feels like this is the, the, the quintessential, like this is the ultimate version of that, where he's just in the middle of a bunch of batshit weird stuff around a bunch of kids who are so much younger than him and like who just kind of generally don't get the idea that like oh like if you said any of this to any of us outside of this building like like there would be real consequences like things would actually happen because this isn't some fairy tale land and like social media isn't life like you say that that type of stuff is people in life like especially like a Diaz army type of person like this isn't going to go well for you and I feel like he's just completely checked himself out of all of it. Like he's just does he does not care. He's getting the paycheck. It is what it is. He's gonna go to a fight. He's gonna be professional because Nate Diaz ultimately at the end of the day will be professional and make it to the fight. And then that's it. And he's he's done with it. He's moving on. He's already it already seems be, like he's kind of eyeing the next thing. Be professional is not how I would describe Nate Diaz at all points. When it comes to the fight, <laughs> he when will it comes show to coming up, up to the on fight. a Saturday. He he will but show up. There is always he might a hurl level. water bottles beforehand or do many yeah, other things. I would not qualify as professional. That's that's the fight game, you know. Like if I'm Mike Heck, I would have brought but a bunch of water balloons at press conference and just subtly. What's that, dude? At the 
at the minimum, like at the minimum at the open workouts, after you do your thing, you just sit around and boo him. Like just get the entire Nate Diaz army to boo Jake Paul while he's doing stuff. That would be funny and cool at least. It's just like, uh, oh, he's coming up. I'm leaving. Peace. I'm out of here. Like. If you don't, my thing always comes down. If you don't care enough about your product, why do I care? I say that about the UFC all the time. They don't care to promote it. Why should I care to watch the fight card? Nate Diaz doesn't care about this fight. It is extremely clear. Why then should we care about it at a I fundamental just, I, level? Perfect. I can't perfect hate. Moment. I can't hate. I can't hate on it. I can't hate. I still can't. When when Nate Diaz I, the other day ended an interview with, uh, "I'm gonna go take a nap." I was like, "This is my guy. Like this is this is okay. I'm I'm with this. Like I I like that energy. I like that energy because I don't, I don't for for me. Like I said, nothing has nothing has happened to change my level of interest in this fight. But I started. I will say I started at a, at a pretty high level. I was like, you know, it was a fight we all thought that was gonna happen when Diaz left the UFC and when it happened, we're like, good. This is logical. I want to see this happen. It's another freak show. Fine. Good stuff. Um, so this hasn't heightened my – and again, we're not trying to get me. You know, They're not trying to get me to be invested in the card. I work in combat sports. I have to cover the event. I really have no choice in the matter. Uh, but I think your average fight fan already it, it, you know, ha has some appeal to them. So I – Diaz could be doing more, but I just cannot hate on him for not wanting to do more, for just being so casual about it. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. I know that's not the point you're making, Jed. The point you're making is yeah. – why should you care? Um, but I don't know if there's anything they could have done. I'm not sure what more they could have done during fight week to make you care, like to make you you in particular care, because we know what the fight is. Like you said, you've discussed the stakes or lack thereof. Um, so this, I think, this is the attitude Diaz take with it. Could could he do more? Could he help bring in an extra fifty thousand pay per view buys if he you know put in some work? Maybe if you're, but if honestly put yourself in Nate Diaz's shoes, what he does not give a crap about that, and that I don't know. I just I can't criticize that too much. I don't begrudge him as a ultimately. person. Like I think that that's a totally reasonable way to approach life. But as a fight promoter, which is ostensibly what he is for this and what he is espousing to be with Real Fight Inc., like the way you can make me care about this is you you show that you care about this, that this is not a paycheck, <laughs> that you are not a no-show job right now, which is what Nate has given every impression to me this week of. And if that's just me and everybody else, like I think Nate's dialed in, he's really geared up, then maybe that's just my read on it. But everything this week has has led me to believe that. I will say we're recording this before ceremonial weigh-ins. Ceremonial mm -hmm. weigh-ins. Final face-off, you never know what could happen. Nate Diaz could bring some sort of shenanigans to that, dial it up at the last second. Also, I will say, I'm seeing my man Ant Evans in the comments here. Uh, ever the wordsmith, Ant Evans summed this fight up in my mind with eight words. This isn't a fight. This is a business transaction out there in the comments. It, Perfect no, comment. It and that's exactly that is, it. It's, that's exactly it. It's true. That is. It's, it is exactly a business transaction, and I don't get stoked to watch those. <laughs> I'm not like, hell yeah, let's line up and see them cut the checks for everybody on the first day of training camp. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to watch a fight. And I didn't come to this like AK with like a lot of interest into this fight. We knew this was happening and I'm not like opposed to the fight happening, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm interested in that fight. And I assume other people are like me are like, oh, well, there's no reason to watch this if I'm not naturally and inherently interested and one half of the fight isn't either 
All right. Well, we've, we have firmly established that Jed is very disappointed with Nathan Diaz in the way that he has promoted this fight. Last thing, and then I want picks because we've already gone too long on this. Paint me the picture, AK. What? Because we've already seen it all week. Nate Diaz is the smaller man. He's the older man. He's far mm-hmm. less athletic at this stage mm-hmm. in his career than Jake Paul. And also, you know, Jake Paul is a professional boxer who has professionally boxed seven times. This will be his eighth time. Nate Diaz has done this zero times. Everything is against Nate Diaz in, in that respect. What does it look like if MMA actually wins on Saturday? If Nate Diaz actually goes out there and does something that nobody, that very few expect him to do, paint me a picture of what that looks like. Uh, first, let me close the poll here. What fight are you looking forward to more? 68% Paul versus Diaz. So, Jen, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're doing something. They're doing something to get uh, uh, over, over Sandhagen versus Fonda. This is essentially, I, I, I should have phrased it, which if you could only watch one fight, what would it be? I wonder if the results would be different. Oh, well, I did say, what are you looking forward to more? So 68%. And we have a super high-level fight, which we're going to talk about more later, between Corey Sandhagen and Rob Font. So, I don't know. But I guess Paul Vizzi has had the advantage all along anyway. And uh, I guess we're saying they didn't do much to improve it. Uh, so uh, this goes along with my prediction. Sheen goes along with what I was saying earlier. I don't think Jake Paul can knock Nate Diaz out. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I know bigger, stronger, more athletic, younger, uh, as act- has actually been boxing. I don't just don't think he can knock him out. If he puts him you away. You don't think that's a crazy thing to say? I don't think it's a crazy. How many times? Have why, do you, seen- why do you think that's not crazy? How does Jake Paul's there are, not? There are a lot of double negatives. Go, what are we saying is a crazy statement here? <laughs> how many? How does he get his knockouts? What these one punch like bombs? Right? He's not like he's not scoring these like these flurry combinations. Right? He lands these one punch bombs, and or 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 in the case of like uh, Ben Askren, just swarm the guy because um, Ben Askren was fighting with one hip. Uh, so he's not going to land one of those on Nate. It seems highly unlikely. We've never seen that before. We've never seen it. If we want to bring up the Josh Thompson head kick, I it's, it's just not comparable to uh, Jake Paul landing a haymaker. I just don't see that sort of scenario playing out. I don't think he can knock him out cold. I also, like I said, I don't see him putting together this, like, has, you know, has Nate in trouble against the ropes and it's just like pounding on him and the referee has to step in. I don't see that happening either. I really have difficulty seeing him knock out Nate Diaz just because Nate has so few times been KO'd. A cut stoppage is highly, highly likely. If you are betting, uh, Jed, we talked about this on, on No Bits Bard. If you are betting Paul by KO, your best bet probably is a cut stoppage because Nate Diaz has so much scar tissue on his face. Uh, when he touches gloves with uh, uh, Jake Paul, if he even does that, it'll probably start, you know, something on his, his eyebrow will probably burst open. So that could certainly happen. That would leave a lot of people angry if, like, the fight's just starting to pick up. We're, like, in the fourth round, and then they wave the bout off because, you know, uh, Nate's got a cut above his eyebrow and just, you know, clearly his vision's impaired or whatever, or they decide it is. That would send a lot of, make a lot of people angry. But I'm standing by Jake Paul cannot knock Nate Diaz out cold. I just don't see it. And that is why I'm leaning towards Diaz. Because I think Jake Paul takes the advantage early. Bigger guy, throwing, throwing bombs early. But I like that it's a 10-round fight. Eight-round would make me a bit more skittish on picking Nate. I could see Nate winning the last six rounds of this fight. I, I think the cardio is. I think his cardio advantage is real. I'm not saying I think Jake Paul is like guaranteed to gas, but I think we've seen hints of it. Superficially, he's looked bad later in his, in his fights, but I, I, you know hasn't performed poorly but he's looked bad i think that's real though i think he's a super muscular guy i think there's a lot of explosiveness and i think when you get to those later rounds when you're dealing with a guy like diaz who's going to push the pace in the later rounds uh in a way that guys like anderson silva didn't tyron woodley didn't 
Uh, even even the fight he lost, even uh, Tommy Fury was not exactly like putting it on him in the later rounds. That's not Nate Diaz will do that. He will do that. I, I'm, I'm of course making this an educated guess based on his MMA fighting style. He could box in a totally different way. I get it, but because because uh, Jake Paul cannot put him away, I, I am really liking the idea of a Diaz decision. I'm going to stand by it. I have been very wrong. I've picked against Jake Paul many times. <laughs> I picked Anderson Silva actually, <laughs> so I'll lock it in. Uh, Diaz by decision, and uh, uh, Jed, I'm going to need that quote from uh, from uh, Wedding Crashers. You always break down the Vince Vaughn quote after I read my. This was what I said about Silva. <laughs> the Anderson, this is my Anderson Silva prediction. Silva wins a decision while occasionally taking the opportunity to clown Paul, which Paul will laugh off even as he's helpless to stop it. And when the final bell rings, it might not only signal a Silva victory, but the end of Paul's time as a boxer. Those are actual words I wrote about that fight. Uh, What's that thing you always say, Chad, from Wedding Crashers, the the Peter Pan? Oh God, the Peter. <laughs> wake up! What is it? Wake Peter up! Pan. Wake up, Peter okay, Pan! Peter Pan, Count yeah. Chocula. Count Chocula, there it is. That's what I, that's Cowboy what I from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. So I, I'm Peter sorry Pan. to tell everyone, I'm not woken up. I'm still Peter Pan. I'm still believing in Peter Pan. I'm still believing in Count Chocula. I'm still believing in MMA to someday beat Jake Paul, and I think it's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> It's one of the best AK. quotes in modern movie history. <laughs> I love, I love you for your optimism, AK. Mm. I really do. I, I, I forever admire your optimism. So AK's picking the upset. He's picking the what is his date at this point? Like a five to one dog, six to one dog. Uh, I've seen, I've seen odds as high as like five fifty, I think. Uh, Jed, where are you going with this one? I'm going to the only logical outcome, which is that Jake Paul wins the decision in this fight. Uh, do we need to like do do we have like we don't we we super don't you can just say that (laughs) he is bigger and younger and more athletic and hits hits much harder and nate diaz has never boxed his life and he is old and has not looked good in a long time except for when he was fighting other uh old desiccated people like tony ferguson and even that he didn't look great in rude it's just rude it's just what it's going to be. Even this idea that like, well, Nate Diaz is a combination puncher and Jake's never – sure, Jake has never fought a dude who's going to throw high volume. It's not 2006 anymore. Nate ain't that dude either. <laughs> like look at Nate's stats in his last UFC. He threw over one – he connected on over 100 strikes in several of his last fights. That's a, on it. But if you – like I actually did the math because I wanted to have this talk point. It's actually – about the same Jake threw against Anderson Silva. Like it's a very similar strike ratio. So it's not even – it's just nothing to happen. Jake is going to come out. He is not going to Conor McGregor himself and try and seek the knockout and then gas himself punching away onto a dude that is interminably tough. And so instead he's just going to move around and jab and throw heavier shots and win rounds. And Nate's going to get frustrated in the middle of it. And he's probably going to point a bunch and, uh, you know, walk away. And if there's a stoppage, I would be pretty surprised. I think it, like AK said, it would come from a cut because otherwise this is just going to be a tepid boxing match for 10 rounds. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I, don't want to belabor this much more than, than we already have. We, we're 35 minutes deep on this fight. I don't think we need to do any more. I'm, I'm picking Jake Paul as well for all the reasons, Jed, you just said. It's just, I mean, I've seen this story, right? Like, I, I was I was such a big Anderson Silva guy my entire life. I felt like he was the one that was going to do this. And then he didn't. And I watched Anderson Silva 
20 feet away from me get knocked down by Jake Paul at the, at the tail end of that fight. And, you know, this is a really what, nice knockdown, too. It wasn't bad. And this is just what this is. Nate Diaz, to me, is a lesser opponent than Anderson Silva. I see Jake Paul winning a decision. Although I do see, I think there is an element to the Diaz aura that he is somehow a wizard in there. He is somehow a magician. He, there is a magic to him when he fights that I think he will have some sort of moment late in the fight where he staggers jake or catches him or even knocks him down or something and then we'll be able to move on to whatever is next in his life claiming victory saying ah i I already i already beat that guy it doesn't matter and everyone will believe him and everyone will follow him and he'll go back to the ufc and fight dustin poirier and it'll be fun and i'm looking forward to that uh but in the meantime let's move on fellas because it's actually i mean real quick i mean this is a six fight main card on saturday so we're in for a long night Uh, i just want to run down the other fights amanda serrano heather hardy undisputed featherweight title jeremy stevens and uh, Mr. Weight, Mr. Chris Avila, uh, also fighting. Bad. It's fine. It's it's whatever. I mean, it, for our purposes, we we hit that card. Let's move on now from Texas over to Tennessee. Because there is UFC events that have flown under the radar. That I, I feel like there are UFC events that go unnoticed. And then there is whatever the hell you want to call this with UFC Nashville. This event has been a complete afterthought in the shadow of Nathan Diaz this week. Uh, but you know what? It's actually like a pretty low-key decent card. Like, I don't know. I, I really like this card. If you if we had our original main event, uh Sanhagen versus Umar Nurmagomedov, I would be even more into it. But even just what we have, uh, I think it's a mighty solid, solid top two. We got Corey Sanhagen, Rob Fawn up top, Tatiana Suarez, Jessica Andrade in the co-main. So I want to start with the main event. Jen, do you like what you're seeing here? Are you intrigued? I do. Uh, if you listen to BTL this week, uh, I'm coming for AK's corner because AK doesn't deserve the corner. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna come out and say it. He's he, the man can't rate cards. He's he's too generous with his points. He's Whoa. giving nines Whoa. for this weekend. Eights is too high. He's too generous. And so if you listen to BTL this week, I out of nowhere created a much better uh ranking system for cards just immediately than the ak point system uh i am intrigued we're, we're gonna call it the Mashu star system is based on the michelin guide system there are three or i guess four scores you got no stars you know what that means one star which means it's a good card if you live there you should go see it two stars means it's a good card if it's within like a four or five hour drive it is worth it to to make a detour to go see that fight card. And you got three stars, worth a special trip, worth a flight to Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. This is a one-star card. So honestly, a really good card. If you're in Nashville, you should absolutely go see this fight card on Saturday. You can catch up on all the Jake Paul, Nate Diaz fight stuff on MMAfighting.com. It's a terrific website. We'll have you covered there. But you can go watch this fights live. It's not good enough that if you're in like Knoxville, you need to make a drive. It wasn't good enough for me in Atlanta to make the drive. This main event is great. It's a very, very good fight. Arguably a better fight than the originally the Umar fight for, for Corey Sandhagen. Maybe not. I guess we'll find out in time. Eventually we'll probably see Umar fight Corey, but I think this fight uh, lines up better for a more compelling viewing experience. Umar, I thought was going to beat Corey Sandhagen because I think the world of Umar Rob Font, I think, has a shot here. Uh, Corey Sandhagen is the favorite, and that's probably reasonable, certainly, given what he has done. But what he has done has not 
come in the way that people have traditionally had success with Rob against Rob Font. Like Corey Sandhagen isn't the same type of one hitter quitter single power puncher guy that like uh, Cheeto Vera is, and that's how Cheeto had success against Rob Font. If this fight does spend most of the time on the feet, Rob Font is a really good boxer. Adrian Yanez found that out, and so. I think this fight largely will be played out on the feet, and so this becomes a really, really interesting matchup between Fonts Boxing and the multi-tools of Sandhagen. So uh, it's a really compelling main event. The rest of the card is sneaky good. Low on name value, high on competitive, probably exciting fight. So very good card. It's a one-star card. So you're using a Michelin, a Michelin star system, Michelin rating system. We're going to call it the Mishu star system. but yeah, Mishu, well, no, the well, Mishulin. Mishulin. Mm, yeah, I think sure. we have better. I think we have. One, I think two, we can work. We can. One, we two, can workshop three. it. But yeah, one, two, three, and better. zero. How does this uh, work with TV? I gotta can say, we, like, no, how no, Apex I'm cards? I'm cutting in because we we uh-huh. have better. The, the comments are on fire today. The, our MMA yeah, yeah. family, in the fantastic. We're just crushing it today. Uh, Hank Hill in the comments, Miss Shooting Stars. Okay, I I, wor- I take Miss Shooting Stars. The Miss Shooting no, Stars system gives us a one. Mashulin is better. AK, you have no vote in this. He has bogarted your rating system. Mashulin is, I don't think people are going to get there. I don't hate it, AK. Our, our we, listeners are very cultured. They understand what a Michelin, they've all, they know, they regularly eat at Michelin star rated restaurants. They know what I'm talking about. I only eat at Michelin star rated restaurants. I have never eaten so, at a Michelin star rated restaurant. I am sorry I, I, for your bank account if you <laughs> eat at Michelin when we tra- When I travel, I look up all the Michelin star restaurants first. That's I refuse I to I now know why we don't them. use the MMA math calculator anymore. Yeah, no, it's. AK is stealing all that money to finance his eating. I, this is true. It's going. It's going really poorly. I'm making a lot of bad decisions. Uh, it's not a bad. What? How does it work for Apex cards? Oh, basically every Apex card is going to be a zero star. <laughs> if there's a, oh. if there's a good enough if there's a good enough one that I was in Las Vegas that I would go to it, then okay. But it's, look, this is just. It. I like this. A- I like Apex this. is McDonald's, baby. And Jets Jets make make it it the UFC Jets knows it. And we know money. it. I like it. Damn. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of this, making them work for them. I came uh, up with this very randomly doing BTL, and I'm in love with this system. It's exclusively how I'll refer to fight cards moving forward. One star <laughs> fight cards, great fight card. Uh, you would be proud AK. to put the one star on your wall. <laughs> uh, AK, we have two guys here getting back to the fight itself. Who Corey Sandhagen, Ron Fa? I mean, these are stalwarts of this division, right? They, they're top seven fighters for the UFC purposes. Uh, both of them, Sandhagen coming off back-to-back wins after that failed interim title shot, and I, I think he's been looking tremendous. Like he is, it feels like he is sort of peaking right now uh, in sort of this this whatever this scramble is to fulfill the post-Aljo void. And then Rob Font coming off the almost a forgot moment that Jed mentioned against Adrian Yanez. Snapped a two-fight skid. Looked tremendous. I like the place this bantamweight division is in right now. To me, it's in a really intriguing spot where obviously two weeks from now, we got O'Malley, Sterling, and Boston. Ostensibly, probably the last time we see Aljo at 135, win or lose, right? At least if he, if he keeps the word. Yeah. yeah, right? And then and then you got Marab. Tavalishvili just kind of hanging around, waiting for his chance. Henry Cejudo maybe slinking in the background, but really to me, I wonder if the winner of this is the next man up in that pecking order for the title scramble that we probably are about to see. What do you think? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I think they're both well-deserving. Rob Font has been one of the best bantamweights uh, for a long time. He's been putting in that work. He's done a lot. He's had a lot of headlining opportunities for the UFC. They like this guy. 
so it, were he able to pull off the upset? I think for sure. He makes for a fresh challenger. Uh, I think he's good with the media. You know, he's not he's not a, he's not a super exciting household name. I get it. That's that's the one knock against him is he might fit into that uh, that category of guys that the UFC sees as you know reliable, trustworthy, but also. You know, we don't need to give him. We don't need to give this guy a title shot. This this guy is, um, you know, he's main he's main card pay per view quality, uh, fight night headliner quality. But we don't actually see him as a title fight contender. But if he beats Sanhagen, it's it puts him in the talk. He's he, the problem is he's not far removed from uh, you know losses to Cheeto, losses to Josie Aldo. So that also makes him a bit of a tough sell. Corey Sanhagen, on the other hand, uh, much more appealing in that regard. Uh, uh, the close fight to T. Gillishaw that he lost. A lot of people felt like he won it. Uh, he won Peter it. Yon, he, he won yeah, it. Peter Yon lost. No shame in it. One of the best fights of that year. Arguably the best fight of 2021. And then uh, Aljo was so long ago that, um, yeah, if it's for a vacant title, Corey Sanhagen, Corey Sanhagen has to be uh, half of that equation. If Aljo does decide to stay, I would still very much like to see that rematch. That first fight, dominant win for Aljo, but it's three years ago now. And it would be a classic rematch of there's almost zero chance that it would play out the same way. So um, even though the national main event is kind of flying under the radar, especially because it's going up almost directly against uh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz, no one should be surprised if this produces the next uh, number one contender at uh, Bantamweight. And it certainly would have if uh, if it was Umar Nurmagomedov. Uh, that, that and who was forced to withdraw and was replaced by Rob Font. So I don't see why the stakes should necessarily change that much. That, if anything, that's my one criticism of this. And it's not even a criticism because it's out of their control, but like, God damn, I wanted to see that Umar fight. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm so, so curious to see where this man's ceiling is in this division because I think I, I, I'm with you, Jed. I think he might be the best in this division, maybe. And I just really want to see him get the shot. And this was that perfect opportunity to jump up the ladder in a way that I think it will probably be difficult for him to find a fight like this now dude he's uh, never gonna get this sort of an enormous leap because of course yeah. it's like number two in the ufc's rankings or whatever and he wins yeah. this fight course and isn't fighting umar next <laughs> like he's no he's gonna he's hold not. out for a title shot so umar pulling out of that fight i mean you know you have Tough. to but really yeah. really hurt him that being said I am picking Sanhagen. I think Sanhagen's in his moment. I think he's a very real legitimate threat to this title once Aljo vacates ostensibly again, or, or if Sean O'Malley wins, either or. I, I think Sanhagen is a very real threat to either of them. Uh, what about you guys? Where are you leaning on this? I'm taking Rob Font. I'm doing oh. it. Mainly because... Okay, explain like, yourself. Because I think like three years ago, uh, I was asking the question, perhaps... Um, aggressively it was pre the jose aldo fight i was asking the question is rob font secretly the best bantamweight in the world oh yes i remember this he was on that sick run dude that run still holds up by the way he's on a four fight win streak it is sergio pettis that is still a damn good win ricky simone damn good win and then marlon marais and cody garbrandt were better wins at the time than they have aged into but still the first two wins there are terrific and i'm like is this guy just secretly the nuts? Uh, and then Jose Aldo, who's actually the nuts of all time, was like, not so fast, Junior. Uh, and then the Cheeto fight happened. And I thought he was done. I thought we were going to be cooked. Adrian Yanez, who I was super high on, comes in, gets got. And now I'm back. Rob Font, I, I can't quit you. And I think that this is a much better style matchup for him than he could have hoped for. I think this is probably a better fight for him in some respects than Song Yudong was. Uh, and I think he's got a real good shot here. 
won't won't be surprised if Corey Sanhagen wins this fight. He does seem to be having a moment, but like I said at the top of this whole discussion, his moment has come against very different fighters than Rob Font, and I we have seen him get outstruck over long periods of time, and I think Rob Font does have the tools to do it. So I'm taking taking a shot on Robbie Font here. Interesting. I did not see that coming, but when you when you lay it out like that, I think at one point you had Rob Font like ranked second in the world, and it was no, I think no one else had him close. Fourth. Fourth? It was it was There's, way too high. Five, it was sure, top certainly five. top five. Yeah. It might have been three. <laughs> and this is it in the world. This three. is like including Bellator and and all the other promotions. It was it was too high. I um, could still be right. We don't know. I might have just been early. We're gonna find what out. Is he like thirty four? Something like that. 36. Uh, 36. Oof, even worse. Uh, AK, where you at with this? <laughs> 36 years young, Shaheen. It's a concerning uh, age. It is a concerning age. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's past your 12 year rule. Uh, he's right in there. Actually, you know, he's all, he's in his year 12. He's not quite uh, 12 years into the game yet. Of course, uh, Sam is definitely not at 12, which is tough. He is for not. Me. I am, uh, I am. I let Jed go first. I knew he he had picked Font, so I don't have too much to add. I'm also going with Sanhagen. I just think he's peaking at the right time. I think he there's a very good chance he's you know the third or fourth best bantamweight in the world. Rob Font is great. I just don't think um, he's he's there. But a striking battle can certainly go either way. I just like what I see from Corey, uh, what I've seen from, from him in his past two fights, and I'll go as far as to say he finishes Rob Font. I'm going to say he becomes the first guy to rock, knock Rob Font out. I'll say. I don't know if it's like a knocked out cold, if it's like TKO win, but I think Corey makes that statement that he belongs either again get to get a, he either deserves, excuse me, to get a rematch with Aljamain Sterling or to be one half of a vacant title fight should Aljo successfully defend and, uh, and, and depart the division. And if O'Malley wins, I think he'd be a logical challenger for O'Malley as well. So uh, I'll go statement win, th- third round, third round. So midway through the fight, third round knockout for uh, Corey Sandy. I love it. I love it. Uh, really quick, we'll get to the questions, fan questions here in a second. So, uh, but I, so I, I, just so we're clear, that would be the first time Rob Fawn has ever been knocked out. That's what you were predicting. That yes. is it. Yes. Yeah. Thirty-six years old. You never it's know. bold. I love it. Um, I just really want to quickly, quickly hit this co-main because honestly, this might be my favorite fight of the whole weekend. Like between all of the events, or the, at least the one that I'm most looking forward to. I have been on this Tatiana Suarez train for seven years now. And I'll tell you, fellas, I I nearly it's sold like three whole tickets. fights, dude. Right? Like I I nearly sold my season tickets like twenty different times on this. Like there things were looking bleak for a second, uh, but now we're back. And if she even steps into the cage on Saturday, that'll be the first time where she fought twice in one year since 2018, which is five years. Uh, that's tough. But only 32 years old. We've seen her. We saw her truck through Port Montana de la Rosa in her fight back in February. And that was the first fight in four years. Injuries do seem like they are behind her, at least for the moment. Um, she's supposed to get Verna Jandaroba. Instead, she gives the former champ, Jessica Andraj, who kind of herself is low-key in, in somewhat dire need of a win if she wants to keep the title hopes alive here after the tremendous Aaron Blanchfielding that she suffered last time out. Uh, I just love this matchup so much. I adore it. Again, it might be my most anticipated fight of the weekend. Do either of you share my enthusiasm for this? And are either you still a believer in this Tatiana Suarez story? Or, well, or, or do you need to be convinced again? Well, Shane, first I would say, remember, it was a Yan Xiaonaning that Jessica Andrash got in her most recent outing, which was even more discouraging. Oh, that's right. Her title. right. And that was back right. at 115. 
the Aaron Blanchfield fight was at least at 125. Uh, her return to 115 was supposed to be like, okay, well now she's she's back chasing the the you know the title it's, in the right division, the title she previously won. And it's she easy got to conflate that because this is Andrade's fourth fight this year, and it's, <laughs> this is it's a little confusing. She's very busy. She's the first it's UFC fighter August. to make uh, four appearances this year, and I'm probably will be one of the only few to even make four appearances all year. Uh, I'd be very surprised. I don't know who else is going to make four appearances. It's not I mean, an she easy. She might hit to do. five. She might hit five. She might hit five. There's plenty of time. So props to her for that. Uh, I know, Gene. I'm with you. I'm, I'm a big believer in in uh, Tatiana Suarez. Love how she looked in the De La Rosa fight. Uh, everyone's going to point to the Nina Ansaroff fight as like the one that really made them and the injuries. Of course, anyone with that many injuries, you're always going to be concerned. How are they going to perform? Are they going to be able to stay healthy? Uh, but also the Nina Ansaroff fight. But I feel like that's become her uh, Habib Michael Johnson fight. Where or Tiba, I guess Gleason Tiba, depending on what your flavor is. But it, a lot of it was like the the Michael Johnson when people talk about people like, remember when he got rocked by Michael Johnson? Remember he got rocked by Michael Johnson? And if anyone go back and watch that fight, it's like he got hit and slightly wobbled. So the need to answer our fight maybe a little more telling. Uh, but she won that fight. She won that fight. It wasn't like a robbery. It wasn't like a, if you go back, like, oh, did, did Nina win that? Decision? No, it was just that she gave Tatiana Suarez problems. Uh, problems that in the long run probably would have made Tatiana Suarez, uh, probably have made Tatiana Suarez a better fighter. And we would have got to see that earlier if she hadn't had the injuries that took her out of action for almost four years. Um, so that fight to me is uh, not discouraging at all. I think she learned a lot from it. And I don't think it's informative at all in this fight. Okay, should I just throw out my prediction now, uh, Sheen? Hit me, hit me. Yeah, I, I'm going Tatiana Suarez all the way because I'm a huge Jessica Andrade fan. I, I like the idea of her possibly landing a knockout shot. Jed and I talked about this on No Bets Bard. Uh, Andrade by KO plus 500. So if you think Andrade is going to win, you probably just may as well take the knockout bet um, and go, go take the plus 500 odds. But I would tell you not to bet on that because I think because Jessica Andrade does have trouble against larger, stronger grapplers. Aaron Blanchfield, Valentina Shevchenko, these are people who could take her down and give her a ton of problems on the ground. Tatiana Suarez definitely can do that. So the only question is, can Tatiana Suarez finish her? I think she can. I think she's going to... Um, I'll go. I think she's going to win by submission. Tatiana Suarez. Jed, do you agree? And also, do you think there is there a slightest possible chance that a title shot is on the line here for Tatiana Suarez if she wins? Because at some point, you just got to do this, right? If you're the UFC and she's healthy, like, screw it. Just do it. I think it's really tough to give her a title shot over Jan Janan, who just iced Jessica Andrade before this. And, you know, there's – I mean, I know Wiley Zhang's about to defend the title. She is going to win that fight. And when she does, then they can do Zhang, Zhang versus Jan, and that's pretty dope. You know, like two two Chinese women fighting for the belt, pretty cool. Uh, but she might not have to fight again uh, after she beats Jessica Andrade. That's Tatiana Suarez I'm speaking about. Uh, I'm not that interested in this fight because I saw this fight in February. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield just beat the hell out of Jessica Andrade, and Tatiana Suarez is going to do almost the exact same thing. Like this fight will probably be a carbon copy of that one. So I'm not that interested just because I feel like I know the outcome. If a surprise happens, then okay. But yeah, Tatiana Suarez is probably, she's a top two or three women's strawweight and may well be the best one uh, when she gets to compete as opposed to spending four years on the sidelines with severe injuries. So I am interested in seeing her move quickly to the top of this division and get her chance at the title. Uh, 
and it's very possible this is the only win she needs to do that given how open strawweight is largely it just may be a while until that chance manifests yeah that's the thing i think i guess that's the reason for my anticipation right it's like it feels like at this point when tatiana fights it's a, it's an event to me like i just i i need to see it i want to see the fulfillment of whatever this has been because i i we talked about this last time she fought like I think there's a gigantic portion of, of the, the fan base at this point in time who have no concept of who, of who this person is and have no concept of why we rate her so highly. They've really not seen her at all, except for maybe the one fight earlier this year. Um, and it's Dude, they're like kindergartners who weren't alive when she fought prior to her fight in February. Like It's crazy. It's crazy, but she's still young, so I don't know. I think Tatiana's going to win, obviously. I think she'll stop uh, Jessica Andrade as well. Casey, get in here, man. Let's hear from the peeps. What are the Hi. peeps here? Also, look at you. Sun's out, guns out. You're looking tremendous, yeah, man. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you make of, of this week? Have you enjoyed this week? The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I definitely not as negative as this guy right here about it. <laughs> He's very in a bad mood today. What did I but, say uh, that was negative? <laughs> what did I say that was negative? No, I, I just think uh, as far as the Nate Diaz, like Nate Diaz not caring and stuff. I get that, but I also Does he think care? I think so because I yeah I do actually. Um, I, I I don't know. I feel like sometimes we just want Nate Diaz to play the hits. Just play the hits. Say you know I don't know like say say it, say say, it Bart say it Bart. Yeah, yeah, say it, Bart, say it. And um, that's not how Nate Diaz works. And um, I can't find a comment, but someone said, it's like, you can't taunt Nate Diaz, but if you disrespect him, that's when he gets mad. And, like, when, like, 
if you think in the past, I remember at Connor kind of making fun of Nate's teammates. That's when Nate gets mad and upset. You make fun of make fun of Nick. That's when he gets upset. If you call Nate names, it's like whatever, you know. But um, I think that's what that's that's the only time we actually saw a rise from Nate as far as media wise uh, fight week. But um, I have sources. Nate Nate Nate's ready for this fight. Nate Nate's he's motivated. I just don't think. Um, I don't think, yeah, I just don't, I don't, he just doesn't feel he's like putting a show on. He's just not interested in playing the game. He's just, like, yeah, he's he doesn't want to play the game. He doesn't want to play the game. And this is what Dana has said for years about both brothers. They just don't play the game. They'll show up fight night. They'll do the thing. They'll say the great lines with Rogan after the fight and all that stuff. But they won't play the game beforehand, which kind of annoys promoters. And it's annoying, it's, it's, and it's, I'm sure it's annoying MVP and um, Jake Paul right now that Nate's not playing the game. But... Like Dana always says, they show up on fight night. Now, is it gonna be an old is it gonna be an old washed Nate? That's another question. And I, I I'm pretty sure Jed feels no, it will be a very, very, very past prime Nate. It is past prime Nate. How far past prime Nate? I'm not sure. Um, but I am excited about this fight still, the main event and the uh the boxing fight. Was that the question? Yeah. <laughs> Eh, no, I mean, I think that's, I think all of that's fair, right? And yeah. I think maybe that's why a guy like Jed is so disappointed because when Nate is, does feel engaged in that way promotionally, like it is, it is so fun, right? Like I, I will confess uh, at least once every six months, I go back and rewatch the Money Channel interview with <sighs> him and Connor. That's like one of the best five minutes of fight promotion ever. Just like everything. <laughs> about that is so it made promotion peaked right there yeah. at the moment yeah Even like the, that, story, the world peaked, right? you're playing touch button the park touch button the park yeah but once again that was that was all based on um disrespecting nate's training partners disrespecting nate's team that whole touch yeah. button the park thing it wasn't actually about at nate and so Connor, that's Connor all going kind of, on a long allegory about how all of Nate and his teammates were like gazelles or something. And then yeah. at the end, <laughs> what the hell? I forget what he said, but it was something like, just, what the hell's a gazelle? <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, uh, what are the but, peeps saying? Yeah, for the peeps. The peeps. They've been on fire. I got to say the comments have been tremendous. Yeah. It's all all right. uh, sh- we see you. Oops. Yeah, Dogs actually got that AK in them. Yeah. Dimes dropping dimes. <laughs> Uh, where we go? Um, sh- AK, you like it at this point. No. You're a fan of it. I'm not. Yeah, you are. And I never, I'll tell you something. I feel like ever since I've called this line to attention, I think I've seen it less. <laughs> I think I've seen it less. Or at least when people use it, I can see a twinge of shame in their eye. So there you go. I feel like I'm doing my work here. Okay. You um, recognize that that's sort of just how things like this work. They're hot for like a minute and then they die down. So, oh, you think I had nothing to do with it? Okay, you think I'm, I had I'm to suggesting do with it? that it may not be. There may sure. not be a causal relationship How, between you. You believe whatever you want. That and it you believe whatever you, you believe. Jed, you believe whatever you want. I mean, AK is the the number one trendsetter in MMA. We all know this to be true. This is just facts. Uh, I didn't say it. Ann Evans, love it, love it, Ann, Ann, right, Ann Evans. Yeah. Comments, my man. Uh, Jed is speaking from a fan all caps customer perspective most mma media talk from fighter perspective fan and fighter interests are not aligned interesting um, interesting statement from mr evans i kind of i kind of agree with that 
Uh, Jed's not mad. He's just disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And I get that because we want. I'm not mad at all. Get your paper, baby. I'm just noting. But but I I get that because like like Jed said, this fight, this boxing match doesn't mean anything in boxing. So it can only. So really, it's just entertainment, and we need more than just the Saturday entertainment. We feel like we need to build up like Wednesday entertainment, Thursday entertainment, Friday entertainment. And I guess we just haven't gotten that this week. So well, that's I what guess- we've come to expect from a Nate Diaz week, you know? Yeah. But the so, thing uh, is, like, it is what Casey's saying. Is it's not even what I come to expect. This fight means nothing to me and really at large. And so I don't need you to be an idiot to promote Corey Sandhagen and Rob Font. That fight is meaningful. That fight matters to me and the sport. This does not. And so... You got to give me a hook. You got to give – if the hook is watch Jake Paul fight an MMA fighter, I have seen that many times. I, I, there's no hook and Nate appearing disinterested just isn't, isn't hooking me. Well, also, the, there I would no not hook pay of for this watch this fight. MMA fighter hand Jake Paul his first loss. That's not a hook either anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. It, yeah, and so like I'm just saying, I would not buy this as a fan. I would go to mmafighting.com. It's a terrific website. Terrific website. And great website. See what I am interested enough to know the outcome. I am not interested enough to pay any amount of of currency, any actual amount of money to see the outcome. And I don't disagree with anything Jed says. I, I really don't like that because from his perspective, I have no issue with that. Um, I just am emotionally invested, I guess, in the Nate Diaz story. So I didn't need. I'm with you. That. Are you, with, I didn't are you fifty? That. Are you fifty dollars worth of emotionally invested? Isn't that what this costs? I don't know what this. Well, costs. we're an expense. Well, yeah, we, we get expense reports, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, but if you want, <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying is, is Jed is speaking Casey from, from the, his the, ivory the, tower. With <laughs> we don't want to. We didn't want to give a little inside report. baseball there, but that's how it is. But but that's what Ant was saying is is Jed is speaking from the from the mm-hmm. voice of the people, the the, the voice. Of the people. I think it would depend. I, I wonder. I have no no concept of this, brother. I have no grasp on it of how much. Uh, the average flight fan does budget for pay-per-views now because if you're hardcore, sure, you've got the ESPN Plus subscription, you're buying all every pay-per-view, you know, whatever. That, that's like a, that's a, a segment of the hardcore still that does that. But your average flight fan, there's no way that they can be buying every pay-per-view. There's no way. And then plus boxing, if they also enjoy boxing. So they had like like Spence Crawford would have had to be, in, I think, one of the, oh, well, if I'm buying a pay-per-view this year, that's one of them, right? That and, had to be on. And 291. You had to buy 290 Spence Crawford and 291 oh, yeah. <laughs> within the sure. past like 35 yeah. days. Something there got skipped. You've, I mean, dropped, there- you've dropped almost $200, if not over $200 on pay-per-views. If you watched all those, the assuming you, month, assuming you, again, assuming you watched all those, which I'm not going to assume everyone did, right? I mean, they're all good, great cards. It's just, would you have watched, I don't know if your average you know, fan would tune in and, and watch all of them, right? So that's that's really the question is is what is the average budget for a fight fan these days? So shout outs in the chat if you guys want to throw what is your your uh your budget your annual fight budget. I, I know it's th- very expensive. Th- throw these a poll up there. Don't, pull up. don't do that, that fans. Poll. I need the number then you'll realize need... how much money you spend on this sport oh, yeah. and you'll reevaluate <laughs> what's a good what are, what's what's four good ranges? What's four good ranges, guys? For, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what are we well, doing? This, no, what is your combat sports budget for the year? For the year, I mean, one pay per view is eighty Just bucks for you. Okay. Under over five hundred, under five hundred. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's I would like say zero. I would say zero to one pay per views, like two to three pay per views. But but, but um, money, yeah, actually, four, I, to, I, four to eight, I, I, and then all of them, yeah, whatever the right. math for the money adds up. I'm going to. USD. No, 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 okay. I'm going USD. But if we're going back to 
do I want to spend my own $50 for Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think people just want to spend. Honestly, that's better than I thought. The, even I don't know is better than I would have thought. I think people just want to spend it for Nate Diaz. People like Nate Diaz. People love mm-hmm. Nate Diaz. People want to watch Nate Diaz do as many Nate Diaz things as Nate Diaz can do before Nate Diaz is retired. Like that's ultimately where I feel like this is. Could be. Uh, we got any questions, Casey? Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Scott McCrate, loyal uh, viewer and hardcore fan, Scott McCrate, he says over 2K a year for all the subscriptions and pay-per-views. I don't know if he's saying that's how much he spends or if you wanted to keep, like watch all the UFC pay-per-views. Oh, you've done the math before, Shane. I remember those. You've done some Oh, he did. Like, yes, yeah. right. what, 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 yeah. If you buy every UFC pay-per-view. <laughs> it can't be hard. It's, like, it's like 13 pay-per-views it, times it's, 80. It's over $1,000. Over a thousand dollars, way over. I thought. I thought it was like and then, almost. Yeah. Like and then that's not including so like, boxing. It's like it's like fifteen hundred. It's it's and then if you include subscriptions, plus if you're watching Bellator, yeah, uh, it's something like fifteen hundred minimum. Pay per view is going to be at a uh, thousand forty just for your UFC slate, not including your subscriptions. So yeah, it's going to be like fifteen hundred probably. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about streams. I don't know what those are. I'm not familiar with those. So um, you know. Not really sure that I see pirate flags. Don't know what that's referring to. So uh, you know, please we'll stick to the stick to the poll, please. Trin Daddy says there's only one Michelin restaurant in the Phoenix area. I need to try it so I can high class. <laughs> oh, what is it? Now I want to know what it is. Yeah, now I feel like I need to get in this restaurant. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. It's it up probably right going to be disappointing, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not like like I'll I'll watch. Gordon Ramsay shows to death, but like I'm not I'm saying that I have some high class palate. You give me slop. I'll go to Peter Piper and enjoy myself. Um, like, I have a Dairy Queen across from my house, like across the street. Hey. I'm there often. Um, do you see you guys see any questions? I feel like we've answered most of the questions. Actually, I'm trying to because let me add, as we. I want to rehash other things. You know, people are asking. You know, if Tatiana wins, you know, she get a title shot. I think we did. Uh, I, I like this one here. I, this oh. one coming from Forrest Daniels that just came in. Uh, who is the most to gain besides the main event in UFC Nashville? Hmm. You guys see anybody uh, besides the uh, co-main too? Because it has to. Be, I mean, we. I can. I think the. Yeah, we already talked about co-main. So okay. Besides the main and co-main. Besides the main and co-main. Outside the top two fights, these are just wins. It, also, like I, hit me with your low key banger. We didn't get a chance to do low key banger. Like, what else is on on this? On Nashville. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of. I am kind of interested in seeing Diego Fallout Boy Lopes Lopez again. Mm. Um, I thought his first fight was pretty fun. Um, I don't know if I got Loki banger. Is it? They picked the right fight? fight to open the main card, and actually, Bahamanda's a little bit client. I, I, I like watching. Someone's going fight. to sleep. Someone is definitely getting smacked. And I think they could have picked bang, like five like, fights to open the main card. For sure, sure. I love. I uh, love Phillips Phillips and Barcelona is going to be is going to yeah. be really good. Yeah, but. I, I, I guess like, I love the Billy Q. Damon yeah, Jackson like, yeah, fight. Yeah, like the Billy Jackson fight. So much fun. This is a good card. I'm telling that you. I, I think other than one or two fights, like this is a very solid card. Instead I mean, of it got one shooting star. It got one Michelin star. Yeah. According to Michelin guy, there are no. Um, there are no. That's what I found as well. Maybe he said it. Maybe him in all of Arizona. Oh, you're telling me Phoenix is not a hotbed for food culture? That's unfortunate. I, I don't I'm think Atlanta has any either. 
which is obnoxious. I could be wrong on that point. Uh, so I can bring our energy down. Instead oh, of a low-key banger, I just want to point <laughs> out uh, that Dennis Bazookja is my least favorite fighter on the UFC roster. Tell, go, tell him why, Dad. Tell him why. Do you know what Dennis Bazookja, who is making his UFC debut against Sean Woodson, do you know what his fight nickname is? It's The Great. The, Dennis The Great Bazookja. Bazooka is right there. It's right. The great is an awful name for anyone, even Alexander's. It's like super trite and lame. Bazooka. Dennis Bazooka Bazooka. I don't – what are we doing here? If you can't hit that layup, you don't deserve to be in the sport. Go go be an accountant, man, because you don't understand fight promotion at all if you go with the great. Now, so now it's I the have, worst thing I've seen. I, unless, okay, that's a bit of hyperbole now. Let's, I have countered this by saying his name technically is already a bazooka. So it'd be like, I don't know if he wants, I've said he doesn't want to be Dennis the bazooka bazooka. I think that sounds. Doesn't have to be the bazooka. Dennis bazooka bazooka. It's a little redundant. I don't like the great. I don't like the great. The great is so random. I don't understand that part. But I'm okay with him not being bazooka because his last name sounds like, is is already kind of bazooka. I think. Yes, that's how Nick's name is. Is there a middle ground? Can we have something in between? Between like because the yeah. grade is objectively terrible. Boom 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 boom. <laughs> sorry sorry I, Brian I, Keller. I, I, no, sorry. I, could I could live with boom boom. I could live with boom boom. But here's the thing about nicknames: you just get given them. I guarantee you that growing up, kids just called that dude Bazooka because if I knew a kid whose name was Bazooka, he would just be called Bazooka. You just gotta live with with your lot in life, man. You are mm-hmm. Bazooka. Going with the great is. It is – I hate it. I hate it so mm-hmm. much. War Sean Woodson. I hope you win immediately. This Dad, is the most random – shooting stars yeah. would you give that nickname? That is, that is a z- not worth a visit is what that is. <laughs> Zero this is the stars. Most, ra- most angry I've seen about a random thing. Uh, you jet in a while he's, this is justified how does, how does this it. not bother everyone though oh, no, I, I, i'm offended I'm, I'm offended i'm offended i'm okay with it I'm offended. all right dude if if you don't want to do bazooka you could do dennis the menace bazooka like you any the great it's, is so it's bad it's confusing it's so bad it's so bad all right let's uh let's close out here we got one left uh i like this one from max rabkin we were already at like an hour and 15 minutes almost so we'll end with this max rabkin if you ran your own michelin restaurant fellas what type of food are you serving i'll just go if you want to if you want to think no if if you've got an answer go because that's a a great question i mean I'm, i'm serving some delicious Arabic food, some delicious like Persian oh. Mediterranean style Arabic food. There it's is probably a underrepresented in the. Michelin oh, I, I would love to well. know how many Michelin starred Arabic Persian type of Mediterranean places there are. There is a, a an amazing place in Scottsdale called the Persian Room. That is, it was my dad's favorite place, and it's become my favorite place. Uh, the the buttered rice there is just Ooh. the best rice in the history of rice making. It's it's unbelievable. I do love Persian food. That's I could I could eat like four different meals there in one sitting if they let me. AK, what oh. about you? As a man who exclusively First, eats at Michelin star restaurants. Yeah, I'm trying yes. to see how many you're, there you're are right. in Toronto. Uh, I would imagine you've got Toronto, some. Toronto definitely has some. Has a bunch. Michelin stars is out of it's only out of 3, right? I thought it was only out of 3. Mm-hmm. 3. 3 is the max. 
Okay, this guide is confusing. Anyway, yes, there are many, many in Toronto apparently. So I guess I'd be, I'd have a lot of competition apparently. Um, I'll go. I, I love. Uh, I, I should do it for my mom. I would do like Peruvian food. By the way, I can't cook at all. So you would do my what? Mom's side of the family. Is your Peruvian mom Peruvian? She's from. Are you Peru, half Peruvian? Yes. I'm not really Peruvian because I mean I'm ethnically. If your Chinese mom is from sides, Peru. My, she's from <laughs> Peru, but I'm not like a Peruvian citizen or anything. I have no Peru. Like I, I am. Uh, you know, we are ethnically Peruvian Chinese nationality, but not like blood. Like Peruvian Peru. nationality. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Yes, but I not did not know this. That's a thing. Peru yeah, is my, my is mom is like so Yes, she's a so like, What's a good yeah. Peruvian dish? Like, what's a good Peruvian classic that you ate? Uh, that's a we would serve. We would serve it. Oh, um, gosh, the name is escaping me. Oh, oh, God, no. oh yuca, I, yuca, yuca. yuca. No, no, we don't. Yuca. We have a nice. We have a nice plate of yuca. People know what if people know what that is. Like yuca. A, okay. Yuka, it's like a vegetarian. It's like a plant. It's like a delicious plant. When like you the, like yuka root, like the yuka. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a plant. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, like that. And it's like a it's like a it's makes for a delicious. Uh, I mean, it could be an appetizer, but it could be part of a main course as well. It's very very delicious. So that would be that would be a big one. And uh, chicha morada would be our drink. Serve a little chicha morada. People like that. I like, how so. you said, I like how you said that. Was, no, I love it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a cultured so man. So much about AK. I know. Yeah. I'm a cultured man. Half Peruvian. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Did not know. Oh, someone says uh, Peruvians uh, make the best chicken. Yeah, there's a really good place. And the one time I went I'm to sorry, Par- are they called Pardos? <laughs> they are not from Kentucky. Uh, there you go. Everyone's loving the yuca in the comments. Yeah, it's good. So I do it for my mom. I'd probably go Peruvian. Uh, I would love to mix it up and go with something like I'm, I'm a Southern boy. Just give me elevated Southern cuisine to the max. Yeah, uh, that sounds like I love it so much. Really and delightful. it's. She can't get biscuits, fried chicken. Like what's what's the the number one Southern classic that would be like your signature fried steak? No. Oh no, I'm not sure you can do chicken fried anything in a way that Michelin would respect <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll respect it forever, mind you. But uh, I mean, if you could find a way to elevate biscuits and gravy to three star Michelin, uh, I might actually murder a person to have that kind of quality of food biscuits and gravy is just like the best southern thing that's ever existed i will say biscuits and fried chicken are the number one thing that i miss not being able to eat as someone who has to has celiac disease and can't eat gluten biscuits and the smell of biscuits and fried chicken i i'm never sad with my diet except for when i smell that then i am terribly sad what about so you good. kids? We can do barbecue. We can do southern me? barbecue. God, so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to go kind of fancy because I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some Michelin stars out in the LA area. <laughs> it's got to be. Yes, awesome. probably a few. Yes, <laughs> probably a few. A few. Uh, no, I, something, something uh, Japanese soba, soba noodle related, some good tempura. Ooh. But we'll have some. There's a lot of level. soba noodle places that are yeah. Michelin starred, by the way. Yeah. So, oh, okay, good. And some Michelin, no shortage Michelin, of that out there. Michelin level um, boba. <laughs> so, oh, good, good okay. Boba. Yeah. There are 24 Michelin star restaurants in LA. I'm sure uh, EKC Leiden has been to all of them. Five, two star, five, two star. How many Michelin star soba places? Because I think Japan has the I most think... Michelin stars in like of any country. So maybe so. Uh, it's probably a lot. Have you been to uh, Naka in LA, uh, Casey? A lot of time. Providence in Hollywood, US, Hollywood, USA? Hayato? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. 
He's a high class man. He's a high yeah, class. He is. Yeah. How many how many three star three star restaurants are there in the world? Never in the world. I'm sorry, went down a whole other well here. This um, is way too high brow for an MMA no, podcast. This is the right. This is the right level. <laughs> this is the right brow. There's 138 three in the world. In the world. 142. Yeah. With three stars. 142. Wow, that must be a really stressful life trying to maintain those three stars. Have y'all watched The Bear? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've heard enough chefs. I have heard it so good. If if you ever worked in restaurants, (laughs) don't watch The Bear. It will legitimately give you PTSD. I have never seen a more stressful television program in my life because it is, it perfectly gets it in a way that I can can never go back to working in restaurants. I I just, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Were you? There's were some you days that I miss it. it. Yeah, in, in in college, I was a waiter at a, at a fancy restaurant, and yeah, and and in high school, I was a host at Denny's. Yes. Did you ever have the night shift? Yeah, I work graveyards sometimes. Yeah. You saw some crazy shit then. I did see some crazy shit. I did. Yeah, I did. Right. We're learning <laughs> I got, so I got, much about each other. This. Yeah, this show. I got really. So ostensibly, that was uh, the weekend preview <laughs> show in combat sports. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, we got a lot going on. I mean, seriously, we got Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, UFC Nashville. We got the whole entire dang MMA Hour crew out there in Dallas, along with the man Mike Heck. Keep it locked to MMA fighting. We got a whole MMA Hour episode coming uh, very shortly, yeah. in like a couple hours. So that'll be fun. Saturday, we got you loaded. Casey and Jed going to be on the pre-fight Q&A before both of these events. Shooting to have post shows for both. Uh, we'll see how the timing works out. We might end for up doing a combined okay. one, but we'll see. We will be here for you either way. We love you guys so much. My name is Sean O'Shotty. Jeff Shu over there. We got the undefeated E. Casey Layden. And then, of course, the Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee, reveling the Peruvian Prince of Positivity in all of these uh, amazing restaurants that he's going to. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We love you guys. How about Enjoy the fight. Love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, 
live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.